looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte, and this week I'm riding solo on the podcast. I'm going to be talking about uh, some asset types or one asset type that I toured this week and give you guys a little bit in depth on what I learned while touring this asset. So my partner DJ and I with Victory Capital Group, we have been looking to diversify a little bit. Just check out different assets, um, diversify the portfolio for us, for our investors, and check out different forms of cash flow. And one asset class that was pretty attractive to us was car washes. So I started learning a lot about car washes, listening to some podcasts, reading some books, talking to other car wash operators, just so I get really familiar with the business. And I want to say about six months ago now, my partner DJ and I had a property under contract, a car wash in the central New York area. And it was a ground lease. So you weren't really buying the real estate. You were just buying the actual business and the building itself. So we were kind of wishy-washy about that. And the property is also in a flood zone. And literally, as we we're going under contract and negotiating the PSA, the property flooded. <laughs> There's a huge rainstorm, and the property actually flooded because it was in that flood zone. And that was just like, okay, you know, this is telling us we really just shouldn't move forward with this investment. So we put that on hold and we just kept moving on. And we had like two or three multifamily acquisitions happen after that. So we were really focused on the core of the business. So we weren't really chasing after the car wash business. Started doing some more research. I ended up finding 11 car washes in my county for sale, nine of which were in a portfolio. And they just weren't in really good locations. And when I asked the broker for financials on the business and the properties, he replied back with, we aren't providing or supplying any financials. And so I asked him, well, how do you plan on letting someone get a loan for the property? And he just didn't reply to the question. So that was kind of out of the picture. And then I found another two, one I which wasn't really a fan of. And then the second one uh, I really liked. And it was actually 12 years ago, it was owned by the same owner we were looking to purchase the first one from six months ago. And he sold this one 12 years ago. So talking about car washes today, I spent a few hours on site with the owner of this car wash I'm going to bring you guys through kind of the picture, what I noticed, uh, how I can compare the few car washes that I've walked. I worked at a car wash locally for a few years, uh, a very popular one that everyone knows, Delta Sonic. So I'm very, I don't want to say I'm super familiar, but I'm fairly familiar with the process, the systems and how things work for the most part. So here we are, we've got this guy, I go to the property, I meet him and he's owned the property for 12 years and I see this guy and he's... (laughs) He's wearing boots. He's got oil on his shirt. His hands are all dirty. He's obviously a really, you know, uh, hands-on investor for the most part. And so when I was chatting with him, he told me how he is very hands-on. He fixes everything, him and his brother. So, um, and that'll get me into, that's setting the stage for the story. So just to set the stage for the property, it's seven self-serve bays. So like those drive-in open garage bays 
where you can spray down the car yourself. You put quarters in, the timer starts, and you can spray it, scrub it, all that good stuff. And then there's 10 vacuums, so like shop vacs on the islands where you pull your car up and you can vacuum it out. And then there's one conveyor belt bay that's 120 feet long. Uh, not super high tech, anything like that. We'll get into that a little bit more. So seven self-serve bays, 10 vacuums, and one uh, full tunnel, automated tunnel. I, I shouldn't say automated, uh, drive-through tunnel, conveyor tunnel. So spent a few hours with the owner, owned it for 12 years, and this is what I learned. So I wish I could show you guys pictures, but um, if you follow my Twitter account, uh, I put pictures up and kind of talked about the project and broke it down, and it's gotten almost 400 likes, which is awesome. People really appreciate the information. So few points I'm going to go through. Number one, car washes are not passive. So I knew this already, but I want to make, make sure everyone that understands car washes are not passive in any form or format. There's employees and there's lots of things that go on. So, you know, when I put this up on Twitter, I also showed pictures of, you know, there's two mechanical rooms at this property. There's an office, there is like a, uh, an employee room and everything, but there are so many hoses fuses, compressors, dials. There's 15 electrical panels at this property too, between the two uh, mechanic rooms. There's 55 gallon drums of chemicals everywhere with tubes going into them, pumps. You're walking through, you can barely hear yourself think. You know, this property had, I think four or five boilers on it, three hot water tanks, uh, at least 15 motors and pumps galore. And there was just so much stuff. Like, I mean, if you guys could see this, you, you guys would have to see. So there's so many moving parts. There's so much, so many systems. There's so much machinery that if you don't know what you're doing and something goes wrong, you're screwed, which kind of brings me to point number two. You need to have a mechanic on hand or an electrician. Like I said, there's 15 uh, breaker panels, not like individual breakers, but full panels on this property. You, you need a mechanic or an electrician on hand. If you don't have someone that knows all these systems and machines inside and out, uh, you can call it quits right away. You need to have someone on call that can take care of these items because they break pretty often. They're not bulletproof by any means. The, the bad, the downside about this property was he didn't have someone that could do this stuff. He was the guy that did this stuff. So the problem there is if something went down, he was the one that would fix it. He didn't have some guy on call or on staff that can do that. And I don't know these systems. I don't know how to, you know, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not an electrician. I don't know how to work on these things. So I'd have to call someone out each time that gets expensive. And then I have to rely on someone else. So that's like the first big issue. Um, but you need to have a mechanic or an electrician on hand, one that knows how to fix all this stuff. Third thing is payroll. So he had full-time employees at this property, even though it was seven self-serve bays, 10 vacuums, and then the 120 uh, foot tunnel, he still had th three plus full-time employees. And the problem with this is it's not automated. So, you know, now you're taking care of payroll, you're taking care of benefits, you're managing employees. It's not automated at all. If you wanted to automate it, you'd get kiosks, you'd have the, you know, these guys were greeting the customer, they were checking out the customer, selling them on the washes, which they weren't commission based, so there was no incentive to sell them highly. Um, and then they'd guide them onto the track. They'd program the wash for which wash they bought, and then they'd start spraying down the car. This is all one guy doing all this, guiding them, greeting them, selling them, programming them, spraying them, and then sending them through the wash. You know, if you don't have someone there doing this, 
then the property's not making money or the uh, the tunnel's not operating. So payroll, not that great. I'd like to see it more automated. And I thought this property was a little more automated and we were kind of disappointed when we looked at this, but there's also super high turnover for these employees. I mean, especially in the winter, we're in the Northeast, some of the most snow in the nation we get locally. And these guys are also snow blowing, shoveling, even though they have a plow company come out in the morning, but getting these guys up at 7.15 or 7 o'clock in the morning to get out on site to prep before they open is really tough. And the owner was just telling me like names of all the employees he went through recently. And I was like, oh my goodness, I thought you said you only have like three or four right now. He's like, yeah, there's high turnover. So this is a, a, a big point that everyone really needs to understand. Number four is uh, theft. So there was employees stealing cash. It's a cash business for the most part. He didn't have credit card machines hooked up at all. So he was telling me like they do car counts and this one guy, you know, 50 cars would come through, but he'd only account for 40 cars and he'd pocket the cost on the other 10 cars. Like this guy was stealing income and you can't really track that, especially if you're trying to run a business or multiple businesses, you can't keep an eye on all these individuals. So the owner had several issues with employees stealing money and he'll literally never know how much income he has lost. And uh, it's a cash business. So he said during the coin shortage as well, during COVID, they had a really tough time getting quarters on hand for these machines, like where you put 20 bucks in and you get, I think, 80 quarters is the math there. Um, he said if people took the quarters with them because they only use like 10 of them, they're out of those quarters and they'd have to go get more. So uh, something to think about there as well. Number five is equipment. So I, I, at this part, you know, I took pictures of all the equipment and I uploaded them on Twitter when I was talking about this. And all this stuff was super old. It all screamed like early, you know, to, you know, 2000, excuse me, 1990 to early 2000. Like all this stuff was old. You look at everything and I was like, I remember seeing it when I was a kid and my parents would go get a car wash. I remember seeing these things. So the spray machines, they look super old. They're only accepting coin. They weren't card operated. The vacuums, the islands they were on were corroded. The vacuums were all beat up. And uh, all the signage on the property was super old and faded. And then when I walked down the tunnel, just all the machinery just looked old, dated, tired, and distressed. So, you know, something for me is like, I'm used to replacing a hot water tank, a furnace, or a roof. This was totally different. This is totally different with the equipment we're talking about. Number six, chemicals. This property was crawling with chemicals, all different sorts of chemicals. These big 55 you know, foot drums, or excuse me, 55 gallon drums, there's even a hundred plus gallon drums. And there was just more chemicals than I could count. And they were feeding into all these different machines, crossing lines. The problem with this is like with chemicals that can trigger some environmental issues. And you also have to, you know, look at how are you storing the chemicals? Is it safe? How are they draining and how are they running off the property? You know, I've heard horror stories where car washes have, you know, bad drainage and the chemicals running off the property into a uh, you know, uh, a, some form of body of water, some certain uh, drainage system that it shouldn't be going to. And this triggered environmental issues and they got charged or even shut down. So something else you guys have to watch out for. Number seven is monthly subscriptions. So this wash had on average between three to 400 monthly subscriptions throughout the year. Um, and, it, and it varied because in the summer months, people aren't washing their cars as much. But in the winter months, to get all that salt and snow and ice off your car, you're washing a lot, moder uh, a lot more. So the monthly subscriptions, though, just like any service, Netflix, Hulu, you know, Amazon, whatever you're doing, 
that's the bread and butter of the business because even if people are paying for the monthly cost and they're not using the wash, you're still getting that revenue without putting the wear and tear on the machines or using the water or the utilities. So that was pretty big. And then number eight was ancillary or other income. So this is this really makes your bottom line NOI, net operating income, pop. So selling towels, cleaners, waxes, air fresheners, etc. Um, these don't really cost that much when you're buying them in bulk and you have them in automated vending machines so you can sell them 24-7. This is great because this is adding extra income to the property. And people like having these things available when they're washing their cars. Again, you know, I put up a picture of these, just even the words vending, the sign over the top was super dated. All the machines just looked tired, exhausted, and they had credit card readers on them, but he didn't have any of them hooked up. So right there again, you know, he's missing opportunity, this owner, where you have to put in coins. And if you don't have coins, you can't buy them. And if you can't buy them, you're not getting any income on the property. So that was pretty big. Number nine is CapEx overload. This this was no joke. So if you didn't notice in some of the photos, if you looked on my account there, uh, the equipment, the branding, all of it, like I said, screamed early, you know, 1990s to early 2000s. Um, if we purchased this property, we could have very easily dished out three, four, five hundred thousand dollars or more in new signage, equipment, cleaners, machines, wh whatever it is. This property could have used an upgrade in every single department. And the CapEx is very expensive. These machines are very expensive. Like I said, it's not like a hot water tank or a furnace where it's, you know, twelve hundred bucks, twenty five hundred bucks. We're talking like hundred fifty, two hundred thousand uh, dollar automated machines, or not even automated, uh, but machines to wash these cars. So CapEx is a huge category you have to keep track of. Number ten, location, location, location. If you're in real estate, you've heard about it a hundred times. Uh, location and drive-by traffic is key for a car wash business or any retail or operation business, really. So this place was, it was on an okay location. It was uh, on a, like a main commercial drag, but it was towards the end of the commercial drag where it didn't get as much traction as like the earlier part did. And this kind of brings me into the second part where competition just a few doors down, there's another car wash. They call it two minutes down this main commercial drag. There's another car wash that's closer to the busier section. And it's newer. It's nicer. It's more advanced. It offers more for the business. So not only were you getting your car cleaned, you can clean it yourself. They have an interior detail shop. They have uh, certain extras you can put on the car, convenience store, gas station, you name it. They just had lots of different products available. So my concern is even with cheaper prices, like if we bought this car wash and had cheaper prices than the competition right down the street, this place would still lose money as the equipment, the branding, and the environment cannot compete with the other guys a few doors down. So this is something you have to account for as well as the competition. And, uh, you know, I'm a customer of that other wash, believe it or not. I've been going to it for years and they do a great job. And so I keep coming back. So something to be said about that. Number 12, I kind of talked about it earlier, but automation so automating these washes is the way to go. This guy had employees there, like I was saying, hourly selling the washes, prepping the cars, spraying them, putting them down the tunnel, and programming them. And this could all be automated. If you put in kiosks and you get automatic sprayers, which the first place we were looking at that we were going under contract for, went under contract for, they had two automatic bays. And this is great because you can run 24-7, and you don't have to have staff. 
these machines aren't going to call in sick. They're not going to ask for raises. They're not going to do this, this, and that. You still have to repair them and maintain them. But the difference is, is those can be open 24-7. So they're continually making you income versus the wash here. You have to have employees and they're open 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day. So that's a huge one. Automating the system would make it a lot more passive. And then climate. So being in a place like where we are in the Northeast, it's below 32 degrees a large sum of the year. So call it four to six of the months of the year, we're dealing with snow and cold, cold temperatures. So this is a pro and a con. The pro is people want to get their car washed more often, like I said earlier, because of they want to get the salt, the ice, and the snow off their car. But the con of this is this is a water business. You have to keep the water flowing and keep it warm so it's not freezing and bursting lines on the property. We uh, there's, there's also uh, radiant heat underneath the, a lot of the property, so that way there was an ice on certain sections, like in front of the wash. And we opened up the access panel, and some of the uh, some of the levers, I guess you could call them, the, the, the name's escaping my mind right now, uh, the valves, excuse me, the valves to like shut it off. He's like, yeah, I've never touched them before, and I wouldn't touch them because they'd probably snap off. Like these things were so corroded that if you even tried turning it on or off, it'd probably snap off and you would just have a continuous stream of water. So something to keep in mind there as well. And then 14, financing. So I kind of learned about this when I was reading the books. You could probably go to a credit union or a local bank and they'll finance this. But I also found out that there is what's called SBA, so small business administrative loans that you can get with as little as 10 to 15% down. This is a plus in my opinion because when we're buying multifamily, we're typically doing like 20 to 30% down. If you can do that at half the cost, you're able to get into the business with half as much money. But the lender I spoke to, he said, you know, we just did a, a laser wash and you actually have to break out the real estate and the equipment. So the SBA loan is just good or the credit union financing is just good for the actual like building, the structure of the land. But then you have to get a second loan for all of the equipment on the property, all the wash equipment, all the, the fuel, or excuse me, all the pumps, all the systems, all the chemicals, all the machinery. But I heard you can get 80 to 100% loan to value on those. So not too big of a deal, but it's two different loan payments and it's on a much shorter amortization schedule. So all in all, th this guy, you know, as many negatives as I said, this guy's done a really good job running this property. It's, it's making money for him, but he's very hands-on and uh, like physically hands-on, not like on the business operation side, but like the mechanicals operation side of this project. So lots to keep in mind there. This place was a cash cow, though. You could make 30% cash on cash return day one if you operated it as is, but you got to keep in mind of all those above points. I think I made like 13 or 14 of them that will deeply eat into those operation costs and could have you losing money or not knowing how to operate. So it was not a passive income at all. We were looking for something more automated. And when I got there, when I got to that property, I learned it was not automated at all for this reason. We gave this property a pass and you know maybe car washes aren't for us just because of the way we have our business structured and where our strong suits are but i'll continue to look at these assets because i do think they're a good way to diversify but i probably wouldn't look at one older than 2010 just because of all the systems the structure everything the amount of wear and tear these buildings take i don't want them to be too old so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys got a lot of information about car washes here. I know we usually talk about multifamily, but thought it'd be fun to share with you guys my experience, what I learned, 
And uh, if you ever have any questions on any of this stuff or you want to chat a little bit more about what I personally learned looking at this asset, feel free to reach out. You can go to our website, victorycapgroup.com, and fill out a form at the bottom. I'll be happy to reach out and chat with you guys. Lots of exciting things to come, though, as far as the multifamily sector goes. Super excited to share those with you guys. As always, thank you for listening in, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.